3: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul
2: Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, of course, we built up to the racing. We were live in Cheltenham at the Lansdowne Pump to preview the festival. And Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly joined us. And we played Escalado, didn't we? What a race it was. Tremendous race. Yeah, we did that. Um, What else did we do? Matt Scott. That yeah. Joined us, football analyst. Yeah, or Arsenal fan. Yes, oh, very much Arsenal fan, as you'll hear, yeah. evangelising about the Gunners and uh, other matters. We had a bit of a chat, didn't we, about various. Yeah. a
4: bit of racing, got in
2: the mood. Yeah. So I think that should do. You hear it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Mr. Faultless, <laughs> battle faultless. <laughs> that's me. You warm up I'm, uh, by yeah, about know. Friday at five to four. I'll you'll be, be you'll s- be sensational, four.
4: sensational, right off the mark. But people here. don't listen to me for my technical ability.
2: Well, people don't listen to you <laughs> generally.
4: <laughs> It's actually true. I've brown uh, Potter's blue
2: and white <laughs> arm. Are you going to start singing that? Well, you? no, turncoat. Not really. No,
4: <laughs> tremendous win, But we'll talk about that with Danny Kelly. We will. I've got the week's gambling off to a great start with a mm. uh, pound to win on Tokyo Sabuko in the eleven ten at Funabashi. <laughs> unplaced. Oh, that's so not that's not a good. Only omen. had a pound on him at three. Not to a one. good
2: omen. Why did you do that? Just well, to kind just of get your hands like warm up. See if my app was working.
4: Okay. And uh, you've had an attack of the Cheltenham deja vu's on the way.
2: Here. I yes, yeah. There is an air of predictability (laughs) about what we do after I don't know 12, 15 years <laughs> of coming here but I like it I like, I like it. the comfort I like the comfort yes, of the predictability uh, we are playing Escalado again now this is the popular horse racing game ask your kids horse racing game yeah yeah. horse racing game and um, it, it's quite low tech really in a digital age it's very analogue hmm. it's basically uh, cranking a plastic handle on a, a piece of canvas I think it? it's tremendous and the horses move along if you go and check it out if you've never seen it before it's still a, it's a fantastic game
4: we have offered uh, Cheltenham, if, if it gets blown off by the wind on yeah. Wednesday, that they can use this. They we can, can if they want Seven to Seven races use on Escalado. So
2: what we do, we have five horses, and they will uh, go in the Escalado stakes a little bit later on. And We just need topical names. I'm sure our make Gary Lineker will almost certainly pop up in will, one. Yeah. So just try and be inventive. Five things that are in the news at the moment, sporting or otherwise that you think would make a very good name for a racehorse. And you'll get a name check. It could be the joy of seeing one of your horses running the Escalado Stakes, one that you named and possibly even winning it. So um, talksport.com forward slash j text to 81089 or tweet to T S to send those in to us. We would like your horse names, please, for the Escalado Stakes that we'll be doing in the final. And we'll read out some of the best ones and we'll choose our favourite five maybe with Rupert Bell and the former jockey Lizzie Kelly a Little bit later on. Um, sorry, Andy. Yeah. no, I think we've got our excellent tech op uh, Simon here. He
4: always does a great job. Yeah, he's not a big football fan because he said to me, What happened in the Chelsea ownership battle? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's only about a year, is it's it? Already. Was it?
2: Is that long? It can't well, be a year. No, it? it was
4: about uh, well, it was June of last year. I think he got settled in, in the end.
2: Okay, well, he's, still, he's not interested. No, he likes yachting. I oh, know he does. He's not interested <laughs> in football. He doesn't, he's still doing a fine job on the decks. So You'll turn say, your volume down I in a minute. didn't say he wasn't. <laughs> now, a um, couple of things to get you going on this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, the, Andy was going through the papers. We were all going through the papers on the train on our way to Cheltenham this morning. Mm. And um, Andy said, oh, that's a real shortage of baristas at the moment. I've always <laughs> fancied doing that. Now, our producer, quite rightly said, knowing him as he does, yeah. I don't really see you, Andy, in some kind of customer-facing <laughs> role. And I thought that was a really good point. Can you imagine Andy's coffee shop? Why not? It'd only take someone to come in. <laughs> like, say Simon would come in and he'd say, oh, hello, Andy. Chelsea stunk the place out on Saturday. <laughs> so the, the number of baristas would go up, but so were the number of scaldings. <laughs> <laughs> but just Andy throwing coffee over people. I can't, he's right. I cannot think of anybody. You had a clothes shop, didn't you? I did. You were customer-facing. I back was. The, I well, you're a we, more tolerant person. I was more then. nervous in those days. <laughs> i so,
4: so worried about the the. The accounts. Oh right, okay. (laughs) But it was tough.
2: They were tough days. I thought I've just triggered him. I thought his old bottom limpers going there. So (laughs) I took you right back. Took you right back to that day when you didn't sell one thing. Oh, that was terrible. No one came in the shop, and you didn't sell one thing. No. The reason I bring this up is
4: I went out for lunch, and I left the door of the shop open.
2: Just (laughs) on the off chance that someone might come in and nick something. The
4: the local thief was the bloke inside the shop. He said, "It's all right. I've been looking
2: after the shop." (laughs) (laughs) He's <laughs> well known. This great for
4: shoplifting.
2: You it? used to leave the local shop lead, uh, shoplifter in charge of well, your shop. Well, not on a
4: regular basis. Just on this one. Sounds occasion. like an insurance
2: number. That <laughs> does great. You didn't have a fire at the end of it, did you? <laughs> not really Dear that. me. Anyway, look, I bring this up because mm. there may have been a moment in your life when you realised, or someone you know, uh, realised they weren't really customer facing. What, what was the What was the moment you realised? I Think, Andy. Andy serving yeah, punters was, would not be a great idea. there was a, there was a idea.
4: piece in the Sunday papers, just yes, about baristas, there's a shortage of baristas. Right. So I was thinking, well, you know, and it's quite good money. So I was thinking I possibly could retrain after that opening I might need to.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't yeah. great, was it? That's very true. Anyway, let us know this oh, afternoon. Yeah. Talksport.com, text 1889, tweet TSH&J. Um, Some we might discuss with Danny Kelly very shortly. You've seen the Arsenal players after the comfortable win against Fulham the other day posing with a clock. It's, mm. a, it's a replica, a small replica of the clock at the clock end, of course. Yeah. Highbury, yeah, of course, in, yeah. the new place. So um, but there is a... Matt Scott's here, a big Arsenal fan later on. He'll talk about the significance of Whites at sort of 11 minutes to two, etc., etc. But um, that's someone's job from there on. It's a good luck charm, isn't it? So it's someone's job. I don't know if the kit man... Has to now do the clock as well because well, if at they that time? if they go to City, no, I, mean, I just carry it, oh, take yeah, it right, with okay. us. You have got everything, oh, got all the kit, got all the boots, got all this, got all that, You've got the clock. They're going to win the it
4: anyway. They don't need the lucky clock.
2: They're. Well, I think they're I think suddenly going. that's a big responsibility. The kit man, I, I would imagine, is going to be in charge of the lucky clock. So i we'd like to know what you were left in charge. The unlikely things and unusual things you were left in charge of and maybe messed up. There'd <laughs> probably be more in it if you made a complete pig's ear of it. So how did you end up being responsible for that item, let us know. TalkSport.com, text 81089, tweet J. In the first hour, Danny Kelly will be joining us. A deep dive into the Premier League weekend. All games uh, covered. We'll look at each game in turn. We do need your nominations for who should be in the barrel, as always. You can nominate them throughout the show. Who's Tim t- Davy. Yeah, well, apart from him, I mean, I mean, look, he had a big part of the football this weekend, oh, yeah. so maybe you can nominate him to be in the uh, barrel. But who are your nominations then? To take the, you know, the old joke, yep. But there, yeah, Wednesday, it's your turn in the barrel. Can't start the joke, unfortunately. You need to know it to understand. But everybody takes their turn in the barrel in the world of football. But whose turn is it this time? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We are talking racing now because we've been joined by the people that will bring bringing you commentary. Um, Tuesday to Friday from uh, the Cheltenham Festival, Rupert Bell, of course, and the former jockey, Lizzie Kelly. Good to see you both. Good afternoon. Good afternoon.
5: Hello. Nice to join you on your bonquette. (laughs) Yes, you like a nice little (laughs) bonquette, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Um, You're getting
2: excited, Lizzie?
6: Yeah, I am. You get through all the build-up and the build-up is massive and you're filming and you're talking and you're doing preview nights as of this evening at hopefully about 10 o'clock, the last preview night will have been done mm. and we can actually get on with the racing. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow. So
5: you're not looking forward to coming to... My, you're too tired to come to my pub tonight to be... Is that what you're <laughs> saying? No, no, I'm not saying
6: that. I'm just saying that finally the build-up will be over and we will be getting on with the actual racing. The yeah. Everington
5: Arms audience and absolutely fired up, <laughs> ready to see Don't you on your every word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we, we like your tips, but I I was, I'd suffer
4: from Cheltenham FOMO because there's Paddy Ruby, Lizzie Rupert, Paul Jacobs, Andy
2: Smart, Polly Prescott and Bruce Millington. I can't put all of their tips All on. of those people are giving you tips. I mean, you must must do this, Rupert and Lizzie. You must kind of decide who you think is going to win a race and then talk yourself out of it all the time by the time the actual race comes along.
6: Yeah, and I do a plenty of research as well. I'm part of that is listening to these people about their uh, their their sort of opinions, and actually by the time you get to tomorrow, you could probably back all of them yeah. because everyone's given different tips. Well, so
5: I'm, I'm very flattered to be included in that list. Well, yes. mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 that's yeah. all right, but it's just, yeah, such just fresh, yeah, that's all. one <laughs> less <laughs> name. Yeah, 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 I think Rupert, about. it's worth just pointing out for people who don't really yeah. know why what makes Cheltenham special. I mean, not just as an event, but in terms of the quality of the racing. It's like all
5: the great horses coming together, isn't it, yeah, over four days? You just want the best of your sport, having something that just feels unique, compelling, mm. and brings everything together after a, a long season, and that's what it's all about. And the, the Irish coming over with this huge number of horses, probably the biggest ever Irish challenge at the festival. Good thing now we've got a couple of French horses likely to come on the in the stairs hurdle, so there's an added dimension, but it's also... Z- people will like it's, you know, it's almost FOMO going to a sports event you like even if you're not quite a racing fan it's going to that event because you experience the real passion of of so many of the sports fans and well, i've been coming here since um the 60s and i'm still just as excited yeah
6: i think an important point is it's the first time that you've seen the irish and the british horses clash and so you're trying to you you get the spectacle of being able to see the best of the two areas come together, and then you sort of get the crowning of of actually the best one, mm. um, the best horse. So that's also a big element as well.
2: What, what about as a jockey then, Lizzie? Does it feel different this meeting when you ride when you ride at, at Cheltenham over this week?
6: Yeah, it really does, and it it probably shouldn't, but. Um, it's it is totally different and i think as you progress through your career it goes from you know being delighted to have a ride to the point where you want to have a better ride and then maybe winners and then you know quality of winners improve as well with graded races versus handicaps so there's always and you know it is different the 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 weighing room is probably quite quiet there's there's a heightened sense of tension mm. throughout the week um it's not sort of you know jolly hockey sticks and we're all having a lovely time you know re- you really do get the sense of this is business here and yeah. and, and this is the the Best sort of opportunity for a, for anyone to really sort of write their name in history books. Our producer
4: John now has Irish citizenship, so yeah. uh, it's the first Cheltenham he's got with his yeah. Irish citizenship. He's right behind <laughs> Ireland in the Presbury Cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a natural
5: sounding Irishman yeah. John is, isn't he? Well, you know, <laughs> he's got a foot enough. in both camps, so no, whoever wins, enough, he really. can't
2: he can't really lose. I don't think. it's <laughs> yeah,
5: a good position to be yes. in. Yeah, we
4: were having quite an interesting chat about what is undoubtedly are going to be the most controversial thing of the week, which is the new whip rules. And for so many reasons that I hadn't even realised we should talk about it because, you know, people are going to be winning races and then, according to you, a week later, they might not have won.
5: Well, it's already happened on a couple of occasions. The new rules are, and it was something that jockeys agreed to, was that there are... Basically, seven, you can use the whip seven times. And it's also how you use it has also been modified to make sure. So that, And also, the chockeys know, right, you've got to give a horse a time to respond. But the thing is, and this is where it could turn into um, racing VAR, it, they won't make a decision there and then to disqualify a horse. That will happen a week later. So you could have the situation that the Gold Cup winner, the jockey on that goal, has hit the horse maybe 11 times, he will get disqualified. But it won't happen until the following Tuesday. But the presentations and everything will go on. And I think Lizzie also thinks that this is a very poor way to do it from a PR point of view. If you find the Gold Cup winner being disqualified a week later... Yeah. Ooh, ouch. See, that's what
4: that's about that's punters that's and bookies, though? Where, where does that leave well,
2: them? Well, if, if you've got it back cash from a bookies, they're not going to chase you down the street. No, but but, well, uh,
4: they're uh, get, you're going to get paid out. Yeah, I'm you're going to get winner. paid out. Yeah. But if, if a week later... Your horse does win because of that. Will he be paid out on no. that no. no. Which is a
6: sticking point oh, for me. Oh,
5: that's a bit yeah, tricky, isn't
6: it? That is. And, and partly the reason of bringing it in, aside from perception, etc., was that uh, they wanted to level the playing field. You know, it's not fair to have one jockey sticking in the rules and one not, and the one who hasn't then wins the race. But... Mm. Um, that's, that's part of the reason that they brought it in. But if I had backed the second horse and the first horse was then disqualified, I would be wondering, you know, well, where's my money then?
2: Are the jockeys, con- I mean, you've been talking to the jockeys, Lizzie. Are they really concerned about this?
6: I think a lot of it comes, the concern comes from the timing of this, mm. you know, to have brought these new whip rules in. I don't think, a lot of, a lot of jockeys don't have a problem with the whip rules. You know, they're, they're perfectly happy to stick within the rules. Yeah. The bans are probably a little bit more extreme than they were hoping for. Their main concern is that it's the wrong time of year to be doing this. Like, it's just, it's... It's like changing a, a big rule before you go into a World Cup in football mm. um, or Six Nations or whatever. This is the the highlight of the of the National Hunt year and they've changed the whip rules going into it, going into not only Cheltenham but Aintree and then Punchestown in Ireland and that is their main concern.
5: And the other thing is the Irish jockeys have a different set of rules so no. they've now got to come over here no. and actually adhere to the BHA's jurisdiction and I do know and we're talking about it uh, that they have, have been educated they've had people trying to tell them and explain what's going on but of course for the Irish they they've got they're riding under a different set of rules so wow. this could this is why it's going to be a very complicated area and for the it, it, I think it could have a bit of a damaging effect on it because yeah. you want things you want what you want to see if there's something happened wrong there then and you see it, then you should be disqualified there and then. Deal with it then, not later. Um, Crikey,
6: they managed to, you know, with Formula One, they managed to sort out problems that have happened on the track as the race is happening. I really don't think it's too much to ask that you have this um, panel of of people on the stick regulation board that are actually at Cheltenham for the week, in a room, sorting it out immediately.
2: And there's no jockeys on that panel which I thought was quite interesting it smacks a bit of VAR but anyway um, <laughs> yeah, well that's, r- what I, that's what it is I think we're going to talk racing uh, properly tomorrow look at all the races mm. have a quick one on the champion hurdle all the talk is about constitution here are you either of you prepared to oppose constitution here in the big race feature race tomorrow
5: no I'm not <laughs> <laughs> no no
2: I I, tra- I, I, I am
6: <laughs> <laughs> which one of your many puns
2: <laughs> were you? you opposing it <laughs> state then state okay no yeah. No, you're not getting anywhere. No, no,
5: no. I just think this horse, I I want this horse to prove just how good he is Mm. on the biggest stage of them all. Mm. Yeah. I think
6: everyone's got a little bit to find to to beat him. I think there would have to be some sort of, he'd have to run very much below par. There's
5: always a few shocks Yeah, But actually, the other thing about seeing this horse jump the hurdles, it's exhilarating. It's just like, Poetry in motion. So, if you can get a chance to see this horse in full flight, is just a pure joy to watch in action. The hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. The Hawksby and
2: Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Rupert Bell and Lizzie Kelly are our commentary team. They are here with us now, and uh, we're going to bring you the Escalado Stakes, the popular uh, vintage horse racing game um, uh, involving a crank handle and five uh, horses and a bit of canvas. Um, Rupert Bell is your commentator. Lizzie Kelly slightly reluctantly as your co-commentator thing this is a this is career killer from her point of yeah. view what's what's the going like
6: lizzie <laughs> I've hard to wood <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> thank you very much for that so uh, Rupert Bell I, think, I believe you have the runners and riders there so, yes. yes. well um, I, at last minute notice it, the preparation planning i look at the form but we've got yes. no, wearing the green colours we got match of the name of see the what name. we've done there Yes. we've got ten men but Matt Scott came up with a theory and I couldn't quite work out what was going but it had something to do with Casamira it's, it's
2: ten men for Denman men and it's always, they're always down to ten men that's
4: oh, yes. right. Uh, right, Manchester uh, United.
5: And obviously Gary Gate is wearing the orange. We've got Bumbling Jacobs uh, in the blue. Yes. And then we've got Brazil's Gone Missing. And after his performance this morning, I think five days looks a completely yeah. non-starter. <laughs> no chance. No <job>. <laughs> yeah, so Brazil's Gone Missing yeah. is wearing the yellow. But normally he should be in the red looking at his face this morning. But right. there we go. You're the official
2: starter, um, John, our resident yeah. Irishman, he's on the handle, yeah, uh, he'll be cranking, uh, it is being filmed, uh, being filmed and, from and all angles. And we afternoon. actually have an effects mic as
5: well, um, oh, to really that. close. so we're going to hear a lot of cranking going on. So you can get the race <laughs> underway, Rupert. Right, well, uh, ready for the big Cheltenham roar, here in the landstand, the crowd is just enormous, <laughs> so ready, starter's got his flag up, get cranking, and Ooh. we're all back running, and it's a pretty level break and no one is taking up Brazil match of the name may just have it on the far side. Denman is just Tenman is just a head bite of a head. Then also moving now is Bumbling Jacobs. Brazil's gone missing isn't really showing anything diamond. Oh, but I tell you what, Denman's going to we're gonna to have to have a Stuart inquiry Good here experience. because Denman's gone all over the place, but now Bumbling Jacobs has taken the lead, but he's trying to lean into Brazil's gone missing, and Bumbling Jacobs won it! Ooh. I think oh it's a short head because yeah, I, short on person. the on the angle tenman. <laughs> (laughs) was on the angle, but I'm going to have to give it to Bumbling Jacobs. That was... Uh, but I think we may have to have a steward's inquiry, Lizzie, because I think we need to go to the steward's room because of the angle that we <laughs> see that Bumbling Jacobs has come to the final stages of the race. Is that, is that interference,
2: Lizzie? If that happened to you in a race, what would you be going yeah,
6: straight no, in the steward's? Yeah, no, I'd be straight in the steward's. I'd be in there, I'd be dragging him in by the scruff of his neck. You tell him what you did. That's what I'd be saying.
5: So uh, do we give it to Bumbling Jacobs or do we have to wait a week to yeah. make oh, the decision? Oh, no, we
6: need a good week to figure <laughs> no, no. this one out, we?
5: Well, at the, at the moment, unofficially, unofficially, Bumbling Jacobs has managed to get something right here yes. and is the winner. <laughs> Not bad. That's
2: a good omen. Well done to Ian Stewart. He suggested uh, Bumbling Jacobs. So there we are. That's Ooh. the Escalados. Oh, oh the that? fun of horse racing. Oh, everybody Without in the pub, the pub came Jeffy. around the corner. Bill Werbenick. It was. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so there we are. Thank you, uh, Rupert. Thank you, Lizzie. And... Um, you, you can go off and do your thing, prepare for tonight.
5: Oh, uh, the, the Ebrington Arms pub, uh, pub goers are really excited. Yes. Because they got Lizzie with all her tips. I don't have to make say anything, but just ask her a few. You can borrow yeah. the Escalada if you want for a bit of a laugh. <laughs> 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 well, uh, it'd probably be more interesting than what we're saying there's, tonight. There's anyway. not
2: many runners in the champion hill. You could probably do it. On. There's only six, isn't it? You need one extra horse, don't you? Uh,
5: uh, one extra horse, good to yeah, go. Yeah. Well, yeah. well it, not so you. sleepy as the 150, one outside. Of oh, we OK. Can we can run incredible. it without no, that one, Forget about
2: him. Well, thank Thank you, guys. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow.
5: Thank
6: you Thank very you. much. So, Rupert days, Bell man.
2: and Lizzie Kelly will be your commentary team live from uh, Cheltenham tomorrow. So we'll have four races for you Everything. day. And don't forget, as long as he's not a non-runner, uh, the omens aren't good, according to Rupert. But Big Alan, of course, will be live from the course throughout the week, uh, bringing you all the build-up uh, to racing, and you always know the day afterwards when he's had a loser. How <laughs> yeah. did he let that happen? How did that happen? <laughs> I can't believe it. and he with yeah, 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 you can always. It's tell. always part of the joy, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Really. Very and much when so, he's yeah. had a big win, you get all this, and it. Oh yeah, you can hear all yeah. of that going on.
0: The Hawksby and Jacobs
2: Daily Podcast. Joining us uh, here at the Landsdown uh, in Cheltenham, has often joined us for a bit of racing uh, over the years. He's uh, he's local, isn't he? He is. He's, he's part of the. World. It's always good to see him. It's often is. Around this time when we do, he's a huge Arsenal fan, which makes it incredibly painful for me and Andy, but (laughs) basically everything he said about Arteta has come true. Keep the faith and you shall be rewarded. Matt Scott, football analyst, journalist, joins us. Hey, Matt. Hey, both. How are you? Good. Mm. Yeah, look, there is isn't absolutely no denying that so much of what you you've yeah, said absolutely. has uh, come true, so we, we doff our caps to you on that front. Uh, in the in preparation for our chat today, I know you've floated a, a few areas uh, we could discuss. One of them was there was a feeling that Arsenal would come back or we'd come back after the World Cup and they wouldn't be able to pick it up again. I mean, there was mm. always a risk of that, but you never felt that was the case.
3: Well, actually, no, quite the contrary. I think that has been the problem. Mm. You know, before the World Cup, Arsenal were at absolutely blazing they had 14 games 12 wins one draw one defeat 33 goals scored and 11 against so three times as many goals scored as conceded 37 points which was a pace of 100 points per season across Hmm. you know if you if you actually stretch that out across the entire season 2.63 points per game but after the world cup things have relatively collapsed i mean you know a collapse as such it is as you can be when you're uh, top of the league but You know, after the World Cup, they've had 12 games. This is before the Fulham win the other week, uh, yesterday. 12 games, eight wins, two draws, two defeats, 26 goals scored, and 11 again conceded. So that's a drop off of almost 20% in the number of points that they've returned. 26 versus 37. They remain five points clear of City as they were before the World Cup, but that's because City are also 2.17. Points per game over this period, but you know it begs the question: Why? Why have we seen two Arsenal's? Hmm. Why? Why was one of them flying before the World Cup and not anymore? Um, well a big part of it is that they're conceding more goals per game 0.79 before the world Mm. cup now 1.09 so if you can guaranteed to concede a goal in every game that's a big problem but what's even more important is when those goals are being conceded before the world cup across the first quarter of every game um arsenal scored cumulatively nine goals and didn't concede a single one And that's a heck of a platform to be building in the Mm. first 22 minutes since the World Cup, they've scored four and conceded four in the first quarter of the games. And that's a big issue because, you know, what you're doing then is not having teams roll over, sit back and, and, and try to limit the damage. They yeah. think they've got a chance and they're coming at you. And a, and a big reason why this, is, this has happened, I think, believe it or not, is, is because Gabriel Jesus suffered that World Cup injury. Yeah. Arsenal have missed his pressing. More importantly, they've missed his goals five five from those fourteen games. Also his hold up play, five assists from those fourteen games as well. And all these data have come from Canon Stats and Scott J. Willis on Twitter. But but there are other stats that tell this story as well. Before the World Cup, Arsenal were conceding 1.2 big chances a game. Uh, and since 2.1. So that tells you that, that that Arsenal are actually potentially chasing the game, uh, and other teams are hitting them on the break. And now Jesus played his first minutes uh, against Fulham the other day, or uh, well, yesterday, um, and having him back is absolutely going to be huge. I yeah. think. Because you know it's going to take not, him a while to well, play yeah. himself. I don't back care in, what you know?
4: Scott J Willis says. That Arsenal are going to win the title. <laughs> <Do you think? laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think
3: now. I think now with him back, that, that's a massive boost.
2: Well, what worries you, Matt? When you sit there and you might wake up in the night and think, but yeah, that could go wrong. Because I know you know you've got a balanced view of it. I mean, mm. where do you think they could be derailed? Whether the numbers tell you that or, or just your gut feeling watching the team. Well,
3: fixtures. They've still got to play Liverpool. They've still got to play Manchester City away. You know, that's a that's a big big game. Mm. Um, and if Arsenal, you know slip up in those two games and City turn into a juggernaut, which they've been threatening to do, but actually they've been flattering to deceive over the course yeah. of the, the, mm. the, the, the last few games. I think that they've made real heavy weather of, of their wins. Um, I think, you know, that, that's going to be a big difference. But then, you know, this, what, what has been so fabulous about this season for Arsenal is, is how they've invested in the summer to win a title. Sorry, in, the, in January, to win a title. You know, not mucking about. Going out and buying Jorginho, who I know Andy has his opinion about, but I think he's a world-class player. I genuinely do. He's a, he's, you know, he's a holding midfielder. He was the best available on the market, and Arsenal brought him in very cheaply, relatively. Um, and they've gone out there and they've brought in Trossard as well. And actually, I think that, you know, Chelsea spending a, the, the, the GDP of a small nation on, on Mudrik has done Arsenal a big, big favour because he is absolutely sensational and a complete steal at £27 million, Trossard. He's, he's, he, he's got made history... Yesterday, with with three first half assists in an away game, no Premier League player has ever done that before. Um, he's in that's helped him get into the top 12 percent of assist makers according to FBref.com. He's also an outstanding dribbler. Um, he's in the top two percent of players across Europe uh, to uh, the top five leagues um, for for dribbles that lead to goals. Although interestingly, of course, those three assists came from crosses yesterday. But he's not just a creator. He's in the top 20 percent for tackles in the final third. But an important as all of that is his finishing. And according to whoscored.com, he's the fourth best player in the league for converting big chances. And he's put away 70%, seven out of 10 this season that he's had. That's matched by Gabriel Martinelli, who's also seven out of 10. Uh, and the person who's most clinical in this league, you say, it would always say, of course, Erling Haaland, you know, with the number of goals he has. It isn't actually, it's Bukayo Saka. So you've got three players there who are, Absolutely ruthless if you put the ball on the plate for them.
2: But you wouldn't have gone for him, obviously, if he'd got Ludrick... You wouldn't have gone for him. I mean, I'm sure he was on the radar, but it was kind of circumstances. It, it look, you know, everything Absolutely. that went on with Brighton and that, it was just a happy accident from Arsenal's point of view, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, will still be doing it for Chelsea when Trossard has retired. Though, there's <laughs> a big difference in the. <laughs> no, what, have made, a, what have you made of so
2: far, You haven't seen a lot of I him. I played well
4: on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. He's got to adjust to
2: this league. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, with yeah. That. totally. He's very. Yeah, that's the other thing quaint. with Trossard. You got no. You got no period of a, uh, adaptation. Yeah. Same. Same with Georgie. Slotted. Slotted.
4: Absolutely. I think it's played for Arsenal this season. They, they, they are the best team, that's indisputable, but City preoccupied with Europe, Liverpool being hopeless, Chelsea in transition deluxe, Spurs, Conte disarrayed, Newcastle haven't got a strong enough squad yet, you know, so it kind of, you know, it's not surprising that Arsenal are the best team, because they are with all that going on, it's a great season for them to win it.
3: Damned, damned with faint praise there. I mean, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> no, it's the Premier League, that's Andy. That's true. This is, this is a season <laughs> where there's more teams. Let's spend see when Liverpool more money than next season. Yeah, Chelsea I, I'd come love come it, is what he's saying. Yeah, the, you know, well,
2: now, this one of your theories that we want to discuss is where this would rank if Arsenal do it. Um, and uh, you argue that this would be a greater achievement than... 5,000 to 1, Leicester winning it.
3: Well, managerially, yes. Yes, I, I, I honestly really do think so. I think it will be that good, and and you know, in, this is the counterpoint to to what Andy's just done in diminishing <laughs> what Arsenal <laughs> happened to be on the fact. on the top of the it's good. It's a a fact though, isn't it? Good grief. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll find out what the facts are right now, Andy. I mean, <laughs> the, the, uh, the I think in terms of managerial achievement, this will be the greatest since since Brian Clough led Forest from the second division to the top division title and then the European Cup in successive seasons. I really do think it'll be that good because first things first, you know, Ranieri he lucked out with that dressing room yeah, the, the leadership came from the players the likes of Jamie Vardy Wes Morgan big characters in that dressing room experienced players then that is not the case at Arsenal the leadership is deriving from the dugout you've got the second youngest squad in the entire league the youngest manager and yet they've been setting the pace all season I mean everyone says what a miracle it was you know that 5000 to 1 because when when Leicester won it, because they were nearly relegated the previous season. Well, that's just not true. They finished 14th. You know, similarly, Arsenal started last season. Leicester had a bad start, but they finished well. Mm. Arsenal, Arsenal last season started, let's not forget, with three consecutive defeats, mm. didn't score a single goal, conceded nine. So, you know, they, they were in utter disarray. Let's not forget that. That's the context. Um, people also say that, that Leicester had been in the championship two seasons before, but plenty of the, this Arsenal team were not, you know, established... Top-flight players um, two years ago either. This is a scratch team. Only three players have been first choice for this side for two seasons and more. Granite Jacka, Thomas Party, and Bukayo Saka, who's still only 21. Let's look at them man for man. Ramsdale, he went down twice with Bournemouth with, with and, and with Sheffield United. Ben White, two years ago, he was playing as a centre-back at 16th place Brighton. You yeah. know, bef- the season before that, he was a lot of the time in central midfield. He a £50 Leeds million Leeds pound player,
2: though. I mean, he was a £50 million pound purchase, wasn't he?
4: He's yes, not,
3: he was. But that's not, because it's Brighton and we know how hard they work. You know, they work the transfer market yeah. really hard.
4: Now, he's, a, he's fi- a bit flaky, Ramsdale, though, isn't
3: he? Ramsdale? Yeah. flaky. Flaky, don't you think he's a bit flaky? He's a bit got a touch of.
4: I the wouldn't bit. have said this this season. Oh, I, no, he, I think he, he gets good. away with a few, didn't he? He got away with one the other yesterday as well, didn't he?
3: No, so it was, was a day. really good save yesterday. I thought. He's no Hugo Lloris who gets caught in possession of six <laughs> yard box, is he? <laughs> don't that's have a guard, right me. S- I'm not. I'm sorry. Go I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> have
4: according to yeah. you <laughs> Scott, I've got another one. Scott J. Willis is it Arteta the most irritating person in football. No, that's <laughs> me. That's definitely me. <laughs> but no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> William,
3: William Saliba, you know, we look at him as well. I don't know. I think Ben White cost that money because Arsenal were desperate for him yeah. and, and th- they didn't want to send. But he's never played right back before, so he's been transformed. William Saliba, three seasons on loan in League Young. Two seasons before this, he was a half used player at a mid table side at Nice. Gabriel Margallies signed from Lille in 2020, played 23 games the previous season, 11 the season before. You know, these aren't established players. Alexander Zinchenko, he was only a bit part player at Manchester City, never even yeah, started That, that was
2: a great bit of business. I Zinchenko, you'd look back and if they do win it and say yeah, that was, that business, was the, yeah. probably the key sign.
3: Well, well, I think Odegaard, you know, seven yeah. seasons at Real Madrid, three starts in La Liga for them. He was an absolute nomad at Heron, Vane, Vitesse, Real Sociedad. You know, now he's in the first season at Arsenal, he's captain of the team and arguably for me, the best midfielder in Europe right now. Thomas Party's world class, but 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 injury prone. Certainly, yeah. he's had a lot of those. Granite Xhaka, even, you know, he's, he's yeah. established in the team. He's
2: tidied his game up so his knees. Christian Romero's got to learn from Granite Xhaka. Oh, and look at so. what happens when you how, when you're a good player. Just be a good player. Don't you know? Don't let other stuff get in the way.
3: Well, there's a question for you. Is it for Romero to fix himself, or is it for the manager to fix well, him? Because what the, what what happened with the manager's with Xhaka. effectively
2: checked out, so it'll be for the next manager, <laughs> be for the next manager to sort him out. But but
3: what Xhaka's, what's happened with Xhaka is he's been pushed further away <laughs> from the danger zone, so he's been playing in an, an advanced midfield role. Yeah. So he isn't that erratic player that he was as a deep line playmaker. He's now you know he's away from the danger zone. We look at Bukayo Saka, you know, a high-end product from the academies, the highest-rated player in his position in all of Europe, according to who scored. He's still only 21, as I say. Gabriel Jesus, he's been missing for half a season. You take a centre-forward out of any title hopeful oh, yeah. team. And yeah, the we haven't even got a centre part. forward. What are you worried about? <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, the whole season without a centre forward. <laughs> you play a false nine, don't you? Yeah. Several of them. Exactly.
3: <laughs> Gabriel Martinelli's the top scorer at Arsenal. He only was six million pounds from a little known team in Brazil where he only played 17 yeah. times there. I mean, what yeah. comes out of this
2: is Edu has been very important to this whole process Absolutely as well right. in terms of recruitment and, and everything. Now, I'd like to point out, I'd... there's no way me or Andy would ever let anybody else do what you've done for the last... It's only because yeah. you're Mate, <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> oh, Andy not finished and he <laughs> hasn't thrown his drink in. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's fine.
4: <laughs> All I'm thinking is, how funny will this be if they don't win it? Yeah. It'll be so marvelous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
3: when you think about you know, the, the recruiting Arsenal have done, these have not been established players. Yeah. You, know, mm-hmm. you see that with Manchester City, they've gone out and they've bought a 35 year old proven ice giant from the Game of Thrones. Yeah. Arsenal is <laughs> singing together Jossie's Giants. You know, He's come out there and these players have have been playing the best football in the land, I think if they win this, this title this season, it will be unprecedented. Jeff Peters does
4: not agree with you, big Leicester no, will. fan. Yeah, the Leicester, said,
3: it's an interesting there premise. Were seven though.
4: points from safety with nine games to go the season before they won the league. Finished full-time. Uh, won the Premier League two years after being in the second tier. There you go.
3: Well, Has he not been listening? The, the load of the Arsenal players... Well, he, he tends not to listen.
4: Here, right? <laughs> All he heard was, you don't like
3: Leicester. <laughs> no, I look, Leicester was incredible, but it wasn't down to the manager. And what this manager has done at Arsenal is, is I think, unprecedented wow. in the Premier League. I Europe. can't
4: wait till he gets the City job. <laughs> I'll behave. He's at home, be fantastic, wouldn't it? He's at home.
2: He's at home. Matt, it's lovely to see likewise, you. Likewise, please. And we will catch up with, uh, at the end of the season. Oh, God, Possibly. So. There's yeah, two scenarios.
3: I'm going away. <laughs> if we, if we, I'm off that day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a dev- using a horse horsing analogy. It's going to be Devon Lock. Then you two are on the phone straight <laughs> oh, away. Uh, straight away. But lovely to see you, Matt. Thanks for Good having me.
2: Yes, uh, football analyst, uh, Arsenal fan. You may have gathered oh, yeah. the subtext there. Eh? You may have just picked it out. Through. <laughs> but interesting stuff. Good, Good stuff.
4: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, I've got news for you. Oh, yeah. The Jockey Club came down. They've seen my stomach. I've been done for excessive use of the walnut whip. Hey, oh, beautiful. (laughs) Thank you very much. That's very nice.
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't
4: (laughs) know if you're going to get a
2: ride this week. (laughs) I can't see you.
4: We were having... There was a... uh, In the star pullout today, the racing pullout, this reminded me of something that used to happen when we looked at uh, Greyhounds. This this is a competition. You've got to guess who. Name these festival winners. Yeah. It's just... a horse, I've well, got
2: with. But someone like <laughs> Paul Jacobs, if he sat down and looked at that, he could name every one of them. If yeah, I can't, yeah, I not You certainly. Can. They all look the same. That, don't that, they, the that's horses. A, well, some are grey and some so are. It's like
4: the same with the dogs. They used to put a picture of a greyhound and say, like this one won yesterday. You think, How do you know they all look the same? <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, you know, you're not dead. steeped in it, are you? No, I'm not really. But uh, yeah. No, I mean, probably from the jockey. If you took away the jockey's colours, yeah.
2: then it would be harder, wouldn't it? Well, you, you put those... I mean, don't they give you the names of who they are? Or, or Answers on the back page. Oh, OK, fair enough. <laughs> Look, we'll put them to Paul Jacobs. Honestly, you'll know the lot. Know it won't be will. a problem. <laughs> As you were saying earlier on, Andy, you listen, to too, you listen to too many tipsters. Maybe you need to sort of um, yeah. narrow down your pool of people that you listen to. And also, it's not just that, because you'll walk up to the toe and the bloke in front of you... Will a couple of quid on and you'll go all, oh. and so you get on that one yeah, that as well like, but and this bloke might be an idiot but i've um, got out
4: i didn't use tote i've got an app like everybody else you know. got you, you're you using the oh, tech yeah. are you I mean, well it's easier really. that sounds like a mistake probably okay um <laughs> anything else you want to discuss uh well we've started looking like cricket we uh oh, what a game of, yeah what? what a start
2: for the producer a Pro-leaf. massive six a massive Long six on. did
4: you put that one out
2: there
5: Yes, he will yes, do. do, he will somebody, do yeah. it.
2: Honestly, because while we, we do play a bit of lookalike oh, cricket, yeah. and the way it works is this. If you see a real banging lookalike, you're going to get six runs for it. Four for a very yeah. good one. It only
4: counts if you get their photo, though. It's no good, because otherwise no. you can't prove it. You know? No, there I'll, I'll be people.
2: honest. I, I, you know, I, I'm not quite as bold as you. Um, mm-hmm. on, on my well, recent, he took the photo of on, my, on my recent holiday, we found four Harold Bishops. <laughs> All at various <laughs> stages of him in, in um, Neighbours. One po- was drowning in the sea. Pre and post-match. <laughs> but I just, I just didn't get in that situation to take all the pictures. Yes, but no, yes, uh, yes. our producer, uh, John, he'll put out that picture. Of, it's a very good prue leith It's a solid, <laughs> I think, to kick off with six runs is, Tremendous. is fantastic. Yeah, uh, Josh Butler would uh, have been proud. Less
4: good Louis Walsh, a uh, young Phil Collins, and Mark Lamar in the pub here. In Yes. Uh, we
2: tell. will never, ever beat uh, on the train down at Cheltenham a few years ago when we were playing lookalike cricket. And you went, Yeah, hey, I want six runs for Lawrence Llewellyn Bowie. And it was actually Lawrence it Llewellyn actually Bowie. Him. You don't, get, yeah, you don't get six runs for the real person. You get disqualified. You're out, basically, it? if it happens to be the real person. He always looks like he's wearing a
4: sofa, like his suit's made out <laughs> of some sort of material. He does, yes. Yeah, do your thing. Anything right. else? Uh, no, I think that's it. Really, we had the Paddington roar when the train left
2: Paddington. <laughs> yeah, Start we equipment. all roared. and got a bit of a funny look. <laughs> we saw that rare thing, didn't yeah. we, as well? Two balls on pitch the other day. Um, I saw Mark mm. Howsey. It's a real you are the ref thing, that. When Nonto took the corner. Uh, that led a link to the equaliser. A second ball was. This is the trouble with multi-ball. I've seen it a few times. Yeah, but it, had, it wasn't interference. No, it has to play. make a, the yeah. rule is according to Mark. I saw his piece. Mm. It has to make a material difference Absolutely. to uh, to what's going on. And that's another witless thing that happens now. The ball goes into the crowd, mm. and then the play starts again. And often the away fans then lob the ball back on the. Pit. Then it becomes annoying,
4: doesn't it? It does. I got stuck in the loo here at the pub after the sign said, "Use elbow to open
2: door." Have you seen? That? Really? <laughs> How are you gonna they live in Manchester, though, most of the band. I mean... It's, it's a lot, it's a lot Garvey. It, Guy. I'm stuck in the loop. You get yeah. yourself, Guy, get yourself down to Cheltenham because I can't get out of well, the loop. Look, he's a lovely bloke. He'd probably he is, do it yeah. for you. But, I mean, I think that would be above and beyond, wouldn't it? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. If you always enjoy listening back to our chat with Danny Kelly as we look back over the Premier League weekend... Um, You can listen again at the TalkSport app. If you go along there, you can listen again to all the shows. And that would have been 15 minutes in till around, uh, well, about 45 minutes in, if you want to listen back. So um, we're live from Cheltenham tomorrow, all the colour, 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 live racing. So do hope you can join us then from one. If not, the podcast will be available at four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between
3: 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport.